0: Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode number 19. I'm your host, Derek Moore, and today we're going to be talking about this whole concentrated position. What is it? What does it mean? And why are people so reticent to get rid of positions when they only have a few stocks or a single stock, even knowing that the risk is so high of doing so? And so without further ado, what's a concentrated position? You know, many advisors face this and many individuals face this and a concentrated position is when you think about an account or collection of accounts for an individual or a, or a household where most of the assets are tied up in one single stock or you know concentrated in a few different types of investments and whenever you have concentration in one stock you know that really does not allow for proper diversification and of course the way that I advocate for, you know, there's, there's some challenges with the diversification, and I talked about those in a previous podcast. Of course, I'll link to that. But when you think about money that's concentrated in a one stock, you have to think about how risk is sort of looked at. And so, you know, typically when you have money in one investment, you have money in a stock, there is single stock risk, meaning the company can have some really bad news It could, you know, you could see the CEO be let off in handcuffs. That's never good. Uh, Maybe a a product or something that's coming out doesn't have good news. Or maybe it's just earnings. The earnings that the company is reporting or earnings guidance going forward. Whenever investments are concentrated into a single stock or a single issue or investment, really there's any number of things that can cause uh, drag or cause a a stock to, to go up or down. And so the old adage with diversification, it's the whole, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I guess you want to carry a lot of baskets, right? Because if you drop a basket, it only has one egg. Or if you have many baskets, I think that's where it came from. But, you know, the idea is that if you have many different stocks in a portfolio, you can diversify away from what's called single stock risk. And therefore, if one company has bad news or something bad happens, you've got all these other issues that helped diversify it away. Of course, what you can't diversify away, generally using traditional asset allocation, is systematic market risk, something like uh, 19, uh, or, you know, 1998 uh, or more recently 2008, the Great Recession or Great uh, Almost Depression, as many people call it, where the whole market came down and it didn't matter really what you owed. Uh, It Just whether it's different sectors, different countries, everything sort of went down. And so there's single stock risk, which generally is thought to have the ability to be diversified away, and then there's also that systematic market risk. And so a concentrated position is just where you've got, maybe it's a single stock, maybe it's a few stocks, but a lot of money is held up in just a few areas, and whenever that happens, the risk is pretty high. Now, you might think most people, the concept of diversification is probably understood uh, fairly well by most investors. And you might say, well, how is it possible that if people know that you should have all your money into one investment or something like that, how do people acquire those? Well, I mean, there's a couple ways. The case that uh, we see a lot of is, let's say, someone worked at a company for many years and as part of their compensation, they received grants of company stock. And they just accumulated a lot of, let's say they had options, stock options, or they had, uh, and not options the way that you, we use them, but uh, you know, stock options where they're granted X number of shares at a certain price, and they have the ability to convert into shares, or they're just granted shares as part of their compensation, or maybe as part of retirement. They received, they received shares. And a lot of executives uh, have company stock as part of their compensation. And so that might have been acquired over many years, and you think you know, somebody's been in a company, they're getting this this uh, the stock, and maybe it's very very low cost basis. We'll talk about, you know, that's one of the challenges of selling. But a lot of times it's people who have simply been at a company for a number of years. The other reason why people accumulate a lot of one position is maybe they bought a company a long time ago when it was lower in price, and the they just held on to it or when they were younger they they put a lot of money into a single stock and it sort of you know went up and they've got this low cost basis and so uh, or you know really the thing you see a lot of too is people have the same stocks they've had them for many years and so by having them for so long and the markets generally go up over time especially if you had stocks prior to that great bull run of 1982 to 1999 and of course post uh, post 2001 uh, market went up again but that's a case where you may have very very low basis and you might have just a, a couple different shares you know people forget that while well, mutual funds have been along uh, you know around a lot longer than exchange traded funds but it was really only in the 90s that you think about the spiders, the spy which is an exchange traded fund which, holds essentially a weighted average of the S&P 500 index, allows you to buy and trade an index in one full swoop. You know, those really are more recent innovations in our industry. And so uh, people may have these, these single stocks. So we think about the risk of just having a lot of money concentrated in a few different investments. And I'll also probably throw in the caveat A lot of money that's poured in and and being held in a few different investments, that is not hedged. And so the traditional way of asset allocation says, hey, if you've got one stock, your expected standard deviation or the variance, meaning how much volatility will your portfolio experience if you just hold one single stock, it's going to be quite a bit. And then if you sort of go up, there's a point of diminishing returns, but I think it's somewhere you know 22, 25 different uh, stocks different sectors, industries, you know, different type, types of things, you sort of reach the uh, law of diminishing returns. But uh, you have 25 stocks, much more diversified, of course, than just having one stock, where anything that happens, any type of news, any type of bad news can, can really hurt the company's chances. And there's also something to be said of, you know, let's say you have a very low cost basis, and it used to be a growth stock, and it was having nice year-over-year growth, And you reach a point where you say, well, I'd probably be better off switching to some not only diversifying, but switching to something else uh, that has a little better prospects. Uh, But again, we'll get to this, but the the tax consequences sort of hold people back. And so thinking about the risk of general asset allocation, certainly everybody, I think, would understand single stock, few different companies, much greater risk than a well-diversified portfolio. Although again, you know, in two thousand eight, everything goes down, and so I mentioned the tax consequences. One of the things that is a real challenge for people, even when they know they should be diversified more. You know, somebody worked at a company for many years, and then they say, "I've got all this stock. You know, maybe it's a million, two million, maybe it's more of the shares of my, you know, call it XYZ company." And I, I don't think XYZ is a real company yet. If I ever a company ever takes that ticker symbol, I'll have to change and use something else. But I've got all this XYZ stock, and it's such a low-cost basis. I know I should diversify. I know I should lighten the risk on this one and start investing in different types of things. And But if I do that, I'm going to have to pay capital gains on all of these shares. And so it's kind of like, well, I could sell it, but I'm going to take this huge tax hit. And the fact that I have to give up so much of the gain, doesn't that essentially mean, um, you know, if you have to pay whatever it is, 15, 20%, whatever the, the capital gains amount, depending upon your situation, don't you automatically have a hedge? I mean, yes and no. I mean, single stocks can go down quite a bit. Uh, so just the, the idea of, well, if I sold it, I have to pay the tax doesn't necessarily hedge you in the traditional sense. Uh but I get it. I mean, individual investors are very, uh, you know, shy of selling something with a very low cost basis. And by cost basis, I just mean what you acquire the asset is. So if you buy a stock at one and now it's fifty, well, your basis is one, and then you sell it at fifty. You owe, uh, in a taxable account, you owe capital gains on, on the difference. And so that's why we say cost basis uh, is what we're talking about. But yeah. Certainly, a lot of people, so there's some people say, look, I I just want to stay in this one company. I believe in the company. I don't want to invest in anything else. And they believe in it so much. And there's sort of an answer there. And the other is, hey, I know I'm taking a lot of risk by being so concentrated. I'd like to sell, but I'm, I just, I don't want to because I've got to pay, you know, I have a, a big tax bill uh, that will come due. And so- couple things or solutions for people in, in these types of situations and you know let's let's think about generally I've talked about the whole buy and hedge strategy that I employ and that's where you essentially get long and you buy the market or something that that replicates uh, notionally the market and you want to capture about 70 75% of the upside but you want to put a floor in the in the downside and when you say a floor it's the idea of you put a hedge in, a hedge meaning something that goes up when your underlying investment goes down, so it offsets a, a good amount of the, the downside. Uh, but generally, when we speak and we talk about hedging, we're, we're putting a floor limiting the downside on an investment. And so you know, we've talked about uh, buying the market, but here's the interesting thing. Even if, let's say, you had XYZ stock and you had millions of dollars in XYZ stock, and it could be quite substantial depending upon somebody's situation. We have the ability to actually go in and hedge directly, uh, as long as the, uh, the issue has options on it, to use options to hedge that position. And so there's a couple interesting things that happen, a couple benefits. Number one is, this has the ability to, to limit the downside. Uh, potentially, we could sell other volatility or sell other options around it. Using the the stock as collateral, so that's a way to potentially generate income, and you know the the benefit there is that all of a sudden you are hedging what is the most risky thing, and that's a single stock, a single concentrated holding, and so the ability to to hedge the downside becomes quite interesting. Now another interesting thing is now you might say, okay, well, what if the stock keeps going up and up? Well, cool, great, you took uh, you took a little bit of money and, and allocated it for for hedging because you you don't want to see something that has single stock risk go down quite a bit and erode that uh, that account or, or the uh, multiple accounts holding somebody's concentrated wealth in but the other interesting thing is when you have hedges on a good example is let's say a single stock goes down 40 and you don't feel most of the downside because you've got hedges on. Well, we like to do something called monetizing the hedges, meaning taking the profits from a hedge and or the avoided loss and then using those profits to diversify into a strategy or investments that aren't that single stock. And so even though you, know, you want the stock to go up and up and up, right? Uh, the idea is if you do have a, a move down, the ability to monetize the hedges and then use that money to diversify using the hedging profits becomes very interesting. Now, a couple of things, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, I don't have a single stock. I've got a collection or I've got a portfolio and I've got, you know, there's all this stuff in the portfolio, but my whole portfolio has a low cost basis. And you might say, well, it might get a little bit messy having all these different issues and then hedging directly with those. It uh, depends on the options market. But another thing that can be done is this idea of a portfolio hedge. And so without going into the academic part of this, you know, getting into betas and correlation and variance, the S&P 500 is you know, thought of as the market by a lot of people. It's uh, essentially 500 or a little bit more than 500 securities. And it's a weighted uh, market cap weighted index. And the S&P, every stock has what's called a beta. And let's say you have a beta 1.5. Well, if the S&P went up one, you'd expect the stock with a 1.5 to go up 1.5. And so betas, you can call it beta weighting, but you can kind of look at a portfolio of stocks and see the sensitivity through correlation or beta weighting or other ways to try and gauge what a movement in the S&P 500 index would be relative to a portfolio of stocks and then using the uh, hedges on the overall market as a proxy for you know hedging positions on uh, individual individual stocks within a portfolio and so there's a lot of different flexibility that options give us with regard to hedging now another thing that uh, the people often ask is well What if the options market's not great on my individual stock? One of the things that ETFs, exchange-traded funds, that have good options markets do is they give us the ability to, let's say, uh, for example, let's say you had a a company in a certain industry. There's probably an ETF on that industry. And depending upon the weighting of that company in the ETF, a lot of times we can use uh, an exchange-traded funds options as a proxy as well. And so, you know, kind of think about this. There are there's a lot of benefits to looking at a concentrated portfolio, either a concentrated in a single stock, concentrated into a few, or a portfolio where you say, look, I have very low cost basis. I mean, if you sell them, then you're going to have to have a substantial tax bill. There are ways to hedge the downside, so take away or reduce, hopefully, potentially, right, the uh, the downside risk. But the other benefit, like I mentioned, was this idea of using hedges. So if the market does go down on, on your position, it's the idea of using a hedge, or using the profits, uh, potentially on a hedge, and then using those to then diversify into something else. And that becomes pretty interesting as well. So And I'll just say this too, traditional asset allocation, while it certainly is having more securities and securities that don't all act alike and don't have real high correlations to one another, are certainly very beneficial. But as I've talked about before, in 2008, when the market sold off substantially, what was called systematic market risk, where everything went down at once, it really didn't matter what ETF you were in, what sector you were in, what country you were in, and I talked about this in the book, Broken Pie Chart, is everything sort of goes down. And when you need diversification the very most, it might not hold up in a systematic market event. And systematic market events, as we're talking, certainly can even put a drag or put some downside into well-diversified portfolios. So imagine what a uh, systematic market, uh, you know, downside or some event, some really bad news about the stock that you have a lot of, what potentially that could do to that stock. And by the way, if all your wealth is tied up in one company, that could certainly really uh, hurt your net worth uh, and your ability to sort of grow your assets and maintain your, the wealth that you've built. And so there's a lot of benefits to, to looking at hedging concentrated positions as a wealth protection uh, angle and it's also this idea of how you take a low cost basis portfolio or an asset and look to diversify out of that. And there's a lot of different things you can do. And then the other thing, just to kind of loop it all together, is when you have stock in an account, sometimes there's ways to to use either an overlay like other volatility selling strategies or uh, selling calls against the stock itself to generate income versus stock that's already in an account and so those become very interesting things to to look at and so if you're somebody who has a lot of your own company stock or you retired and you've got all these different grants and really low cost basis or maybe you just bought things a long time ago and you've got really low cost basis and you're sort of wondering are there solutions to to maybe diversify get extra income or hedge the downside The good news is options are an incredibly flexible tool. And while many people talk about options as, you know, they say, hey, my neighbor did options and uh, everybody, you know, not many people make money with options. And by the way, they're probably right, because as uh, we always say, most people speculate with options, but options are a tool that can uh, de-risk a portfolio. And so those become very interesting things. All right. Well, this is just going to be a short one. We'll come back uh, shortly to do a little bit more potentially on hedging and some other ideas. And with that, I'll leave it there. And we'll talk to you again next week. Take care.